Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, a podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. So, John, in the in the context of UK manufacturing, which is which is my sort of backyard in terms of uh, executive search, what specific challenges do you find that senior executives often face that that might require coaching or mentoring or both? Wow. I mean, where do we start? I mean, how many senior executives are there and how many companies are we talking about? Um, there are some overarching, I would say, um, issues that we, we come across where coaching and mentoring really helps. Talent retention and development is, is a big part of it. Um, look at the joint venture. Obviously, we're trying to help solve that problem for a lot of companies. Yeah. Um, look at innovation and new product development. Bringing different thinking and challenges to stop mistakes being made when you're in that part of your, your business and open up new horizons. So that's, that's another area where coaching and mentoring really, really helps. Um, I find, yeah, new product development or new sector is, is a really exciting area of companies sometimes yeah. go into without maybe walked around the situation. They're going, they're driving forward into it, seeing an opportunity, but maybe have some blind sides. So it's really important to help bring that different thinking. Yeah. Um, change, manage, change management is another one. Uh, if you're changing processes, changing systems, changing structures, uh, to help get engagement and to help to understand that and help to develop thinking around the changes that are happening and how to communicate that, it's really important to make sure you've got that safe space to be to be to be uh, talking about it. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one because I, I, I haven't actually got a stat on transformation success or failure rates at the moment, but I, I know that there are an awful lot of transformation or change programs that don't actually end up. Um, you know, delivering on what what they what they should have done. So, um, I, I would say there's probably a you know a huge need to 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 you know to coach individuals on how to um, how to roll out change. Yeah, you know, I, I, I my interpretation is that a lot of companies have these great ideas about what they want to change, but then the actual facilitation of that, how do you get from A to Z? It's that something just gets lost along the way. And people don't generally like change, do they? Let's be honest. Um, I I don't necessarily. Um, So it's it's never an easy thing, but I, you know, I, I just think to, to actually change whether it's a process or, or, or a structure or a, or a culture is, is another big one um you, you've always got to have the right people on board and that usually means everybody um but then communicating the 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 why and the what we're going to do and who's going to be involved sometimes doesn't always happen in the right order or in the right fashion so i see that as a huge opportunity for companies to maybe tackle you know that get get some coaching on how to go about that and you've been involved in this in the past haven't you with with different yeah, changes it's, it's so easy to miss one or two steps from a process yeah it means yeah. by the time you get to the end of the process it's just fallen over or you're not getting the impact you should have got from all of that time and investment you put into it mm. or worse still you roll it out and actually no one wants it or no one does it or no one believes in it yeah you spend all that time and effort and it's a lot of energy a lot of energy and a lot of time behind a lot of these things yeah and the actual return on that investment is, is it falls over. So I've talked a lot about the return on investment for coaching and mentoring. In that it's sort important. of situation, the return on investment can be significant if it stops the fallover, the yeah. breakdown points, and gives a much more effective rollout of any sort of change management. 
Yeah. Um, the list honestly goes on. You can talk about managing customer expectations, um, working your way through or past the competition, how best to manage and monitor both. Leadership and personal development, obviously. I mean, you know what you know, you know what you don't know. Yeah. But you don't know what you don't know. So you bring someone in that can help you grow your own personal development and leadership or the development and leadership team. Um, different thinking, different approaches, just, just gets different results, basically. Yeah. A lot of the time, crisis management. Um, I'm approached to, you know, I problem solve. That is literally what I've done for 20 years. If you look at my background, I've actually jumped from different industries with every single senior role I've, I've worked in. Absolutely. And I've gone in to help go into a new sector, break a new sector, bring a new team, change a division, uh, streamline the organization, merge organizations. So I've, I've actually done all of that. So any sort of crisis, any major changes, bring in some different thinking, bring in experts around you in those fields and bring in different thinking to make sure you're not just in the room, you get out of the room and you walk around the room, look through the windows to see what else is going on around it yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and sort of stakeholder engagement, which goes back to what we were talking about a moment ago, um, but just making sure, you know, working on communication strategies within the business um, for you personally, if it's as a, a senior exec or if it's the business owner, mm. how you are perceived, how you communicate and how you land those messages, how you're understood by others is a really good part of self-awareness that you will get from working with a strong coach and mentor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the whole EI or emotional intelligence piece is, is a crucial part of the jigsaw. And I, 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 I don't know half as much as what I probably could know about emotional intelligence. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a science. It's not my, my forte or my, uh, my area of business really, but it can make such a difference and, and have such an impact both on the positive side and on the negative side, if if you or the business ha haven't haven't invested in it, so um, just being, being able to look at something from someone else's perspective—that is the the key to it—and having that, giving them that space to have their opinion. It doesn't have to be the same as yours. Yeah, if it isn't the same as yours, understanding why it isn't the same as yours. You aren't always right. You aren't always wrong. You could both be right, or you could both be wrong. Yeah, and it's having that capability to step back from it rather than step into it, which is what a lot of people do which is where you get breakdowns in communications, where you get breakdowns in processes, because people are trying to win. People yep. are trying to be right, rather than people trying to do the right thing. And that's that's the emotional intelligence. And when you see a leader that can deploy that, that is when it's game-changing. Can I just give you a little example there? Please do. Well, I was going to ask you, <laughs> uh, my next question was was going to be around, you know, it, the impact on you know, senior executives, well, particularly within manufacturing industry, you know, what, what sort of, do you have a standout success story that, that you, you know, or, or an example um, where, where you've had a significant impact on a senior exec? Have you got let anything me, you let, can let tie in that with EI? On both sides. I've got yeah. two sides of it. So I've had a serious, serious time when I had impact on me from a senior executive that actually blew my mind the way they operated. And I've had impacts on people and hopefully done exactly the same for them. So um, I've, I've, I shan't name names, but I've, I've worked at board level for a company. Yeah. And the, the CEO effectively would come to the table with a problem. And that individual would come with part of the problem and not have the full solution, but had an idea how they wanted to move it forward. Yeah. What they would do, they would throw it to the board. This is, this is the issue we're facing at the moment. Um, what would you do to move it forward? Or what would you do? Or how can we approach it? What should we do differently? Now, that for me is an emotional intelligence at a level I hadn't seen or experienced before. Hang on. Yeah. 
this person is asking me my opinion. Okay, I'm on the board. I'm running a business. I'm part of a business of hundreds of people. But I'm actually being asked by the owner or by the, the CEO, what is it that we should be doing differently? And that individual would then take all of that thinking, wouldn't give a solution or an answer there, take it out of the room, meeting carried on. Next time we came in, elements of that had been blended into a plan or a strategy yep. about how to move the business forward. They'd got full buy-in from everyone. So it would happen, it would be delivered because we were all part of that process. We were all part of the thinking, but they had admitted they needed the help and support. And my, my, my admiration for that individual and that, for me, was was a really big key learning for me. That's how you do it. Yeah. You don't go in. You don't bang the tables. You don't go in and shout. You don't go in and point fingers. You don't go and say, we're doing this. You go in and ask if you don't know. Uh, surround yourself with people that know more than you do. Don't yep. be the smartest person in the room. It's a classic saying. So that, for me, is, is part one. Okay. So <laughs> um, I've had that kind of success with teams for many years and with individuals for many years. So... I've had uh, an IT manager that's basically taken over as an IT director who's working through me. But maybe let's, let's look at sales. So I've got a strong sales and marketing background. Yeah. So, IT. Um, so I've worked with a senior account manager who basically moved from a senior account manager to become a sales director. My intention when joining that company was to grow an individual to backfill me. That was yep. my, that was exactly what I said. I said to give the company X amount of years. Within that time, I would grow and develop someone so I could then move on to the next role in a different sector. So we worked with that individual, looking at their strategic thinking, um, their communication and influence within the organisation, leadership development. We also worked on gap filling their capability between where they were and where they needed to be to be sitting at director level. Okay. Um, we started bringing, yeah, make, making the change merchant and I must have within the business rather than someone that's just reported to. So I would work with them and when we were at board meetings, if it's elements they were working on, they were the ones presenting it. They were the ones having the conversations. They were the ones having the debate and challenge and then answering or going and finding the answers or working with me to find the answers. So that mm. for me, um, especially in uh, when you're working in an industry that is maybe quite stayed or set in its ways or, or quite yep. traditional, doing something like that sets a precedent within the organisation and it actually kind of makes the other people on the board think, well, I should be doing the same or I should be bringing talent through. A lot of people are scared of bringing talent through because yeah. it makes them effectively redundant. But the way I see it is actually allows me to then go on to my next opportunity, maybe within the organisation, maybe within the group, maybe somewhere else. But that, for me, is a strong leader. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, for me, is, is kind of like an example of working with an individual and giving them that growth and development within this, this these sort of industries. Brilliant. So what Long about... answer to a short question. <laughs> Sometimes long answers are better. Um so given, uh, you know, let's face it, technology manufacturing processes are, are developing at a rate of knots or some of them are more yeah. traditional yeah. and old fashioned. But, you know, the amount of technology we've got coming through these days is, is, is mind boggling. What with, you know, robotics and automation and everything. But how do you, you know, this this whole landscape is evolving all the time. So how do you stay up to date to provide, you know, relevant guidance to, to your clients, John? Great question. And uh, again, there's, there's two parts of that. If I'm coaching, I don't need to be the expert in the field. So I can still yep. coach and help develop and grow and develop individuals without knowing specifically what they do. So that side of it is covered sort of carte blanche across all of it. What I really love is I have purposely jumped industries and sectors every single time I've moved roles at a senior level. 
So I've moved between oil, timber, consumer electrics, commercial electrics, home automation, plumbing, KBB, um, kitchen, bed and bathroom. So almost every client I go to as well is a learning point because their sticking yep. point, we're helping them get through. Yep. And it's not just in this sector, it's in various sectors. And I bring the different thinking from different elements back into the room. So it may not be specific knowledge of that industry or that particular rule or regulation or way of manufacturing, but I can bring a different way of approaching it or looking at it potentially. So every new person I work with, I'm learning more and growing more as well as yeah. actively working on my own skills. And also I know this guy you might know um, called Jeff Beecham, a bit of an expert in his field that I know is also always keeping up to date. So that's another reason we've got a great partnership here to make sure we've got that crossover of knowledge and, and thinking and positive challenge to each other to make sure we're we're bringing what we need to for the clients absolutely absolutely love that um so you know uk manufacturing is it's been it's a bit battered and bruised at the moment let's face it you know yeah. not helped by brexit covid energy costs uh materials prices gone through the roof supply chain disruption you name it it's you know what's what's going to be thrown at uk manufacturing next who knows but you know despite all of these challenges um we've we've got these topics of sustainability you know net zero and yeah. and digital transformation now both really really exciting and, and needed um topics in themselves but how can coaching and mentoring support senior executives in in navigating these particular changes effectively john yeah i mean obviously apart from working with them on change management and stakeholder engagement and strategic integration I'm going to have to drop a buzzword that I absolutely love. Okay. Go and on. This is every, and it's not just pizza. It's something else that I really love. Reverse mentoring. Yep. This isn't about what I know bringing into a business. It's about a business using what they've already got within it to get new thinking, different thinking, and stay ahead of thinking. So reverse mentoring, for, for those that don't know it, basically is saying that you don't mentor by age. You're mentoring by knowledge. Yep. And that knowledge can come from anywhere. You can be an expert in a field of marketing or technology or IT or AI or any of these different areas that are moving through or carbon quality or um, green energy or anything. You know, there are people that have worked within those fields for a short period of time that are experts that we should yeah. be bringing to the organisation and learning upwards and sideways, not just always expecting to teach people as they come in. So that for me would be it would be a big kind of takeaway for this. Yeah, to really stay at the front of what is happening, bring in that talent that has that capability already to teach you. Really interesting. It's uh, such a lot to uh, to get your head around. Really, when, when you're you know when you're from the side of the fence that I am, uh, which is predominantly recruitment. Um, you know, a lot of the sort of tools and techniques and, and methodologies that you're that you're introducing, you know, through coaching and mentoring, um, as you say, are adding great return on investment. Um, but they don't always necessarily have to be from the same area. You know, the, the clients, customers or individuals have got different circumstances and you've got a whole raft of, um, you know, sort of skills, techniques and previous experiences to, to bring to the table. So, uh, I just love this whole, it's almost a little bit like alchemy to me, the, the whole coaching and mentoring thing, um, you know, given your background and all the changes 
that you've that you've experienced going from different industries and picking up these these you know varied um methodologies and and experiences um it's i'll just picture this huge jigsaw puzzle uh you know thousand or a million piece jigsaw puzzle and you know you're navigating your way through there's an art to it but it's uh i I was going to say it's a bit like a black art but it's not there there is a there is a science to it um but it's it's almost like you know you're you're not always dealing with facts and figures you're it's a bit like the unknown isn't it every assignment that you work on with a client is going to be a new a new challenge it might be a similar a similar challenge but there's always a different set of circumstances different market conditions different personalities with the individuals um so i, I guess you you know i you, there's something a bit harry potterish about what about what you do uh john uh <laughs> i've not def- got the round glasses or the scar <laughs> but uh <laughs> there's definitely something magical going on in terms of what what coaching and mentoring is and i i would hazard a guess that if if i was on the receiving end of coaching or mentoring i i would probably feel like there's a bit of magic that's happened as well because you know your whole business is about getting people and businesses unstuck and catapulting them forward that's i think that's one of your your strap lines um yeah this is you know i'm i'm all into making a difference and i i can totally see you know the benefits of what you're doing and just trying to put myself in the in the shoes of a mentee or or a or a coachy for a second it's almost like you know you're you're providing solutions to these almost like a like a rubik's cube going back in the day showing my age here um you know remember those that must have been before my time (laughs) get away (laughs) that they were still about long after i first had one in the (laughs) in the late 70s or early 80s um but yeah it's it's almost like you know a lot of these business problems seem unsolvable um but then you get it you get in a a coach or a mentor who you know almost you you must do you think of it as like a blank canvas every time you you know you start working with an individual it's the best you know? way to approach it. Yeah. It's a really, question. It's really the best way to approach it. Don't go in with preconceived ideas and don't go in thinking, thinking that the problem is the problem. That is the biggest thing when you go in because don't go in to solve the problem. Go in to understand the issues. Don't look at the symptoms. Get to the, the actual real problem right underneath it, which a lot of the time people don't realise it's there. Mm. They, they've got their firefighting all over the place, not realising that one or two little changes to the left or the right puts all the fires out for them. Yeah. Um, but they're so so busy firefighting, they just they you can't see it. So I kind of I, I bring clarity, I bring space, I bring different thinking, and I think that's that's the alchemy, if you like. That's the yeah. magic, and it's yeah. drawing out from people the magic from them a lot of the time because they know it's there. They know probably what to do, but they don't know maybe how to do it or the process to get there, or they don't have that accountability to be to be doing it and living it. So they just carry on doing the same thing, hoping for a different outcome, yeah. which we all know is you know definition of madness um absolutely actually having someone there to to chew the facts with to, to sort of work through the ideas to be challenged to then work on a plan to then be held accountable to deliver that's when the magic happens and and there is that when then they get it it's that eureka moment you can see you can see the penny drop and it is it's addictive it's from a, from a coaching mentors perspective when you get that that magic click yeah and you see the change starting to happen for the individual that the floodgates open and that's yeah. why we spoke about before a lot of people who are mental go on to mental and coach because they see the power 
and they see what it can do for others it's like well why am i not sharing all of this up here i've got all this knowledge all this capability but i'm i'm, I'm holding it in and that's a saying i love knowledge is power well actually no knowledge isn't power what you do with that knowledge how you share it and how you deploy it that gives knowledge the power that's right that for me is a big takeaway yeah so in terms of manufacturing senior execs what what sort of leadership skills are are particularly crucial for for these people and and how do you help them develop the necessary skills to you know to to get over problems or, or to develop and grow as an executive um, in, in, the, in the manufacturing environment. You know, most of the, the listeners to this podcast or viewers will be, you know, manufacturing related. So are there any sort of examples of particular leadership skills that you, that you help with the most? And, and how do you, how, how do you help these individuals develop the skills? Well, I mean, again, there are, there are, there are very common uh, overarching areas of, of, development and support that I can give there, um, especially within the, these sectors, but actually it kind of arcs along a lot of different businesses. So it's, I know we're talking about manufacturing specifically, and I've got the manufacturing background. I've, yeah. I've lived a lot of these problems personally, and I've worked with people that have solved these problems. And I've, I've actually been in situations where problems have made the business fall over. I've been in, so I'm not going to lie. You know, you learn from your mistakes as much yes. as you learn from your successes. And anyone that tells you they haven't failed is actually not telling you the truth. It's what you learn and do with that. That for yep. me is, is key in the skill and i think a lot of the overarching elements that I help with is the strategic thinking taking people out of the moment yeah so they can actually look at the bigger picture um stakeholder management is another large area where i work with people a lot of the time to get buy-in for what they're trying to do in different elements within the same business so you always naturally get sales marketing distribution supply chain manufacturing there's always elements that you know we have divisional budgets which in my mind divide yep everyone's fighting their own corner rather than everyone fighting as a team and that is a massive weakness for any organization and it's not for this particular podcast but there are there are techniques and ways i've worked with companies to actually make it so as a joint responsibility for budgets yep. within teams so everyone's helping each other rather than looking after their own sector or section within that little part of the business mm. um transformative thinking a couple of companies have done it and run with it and it's just changed the mindset of the management team I also work with the management teams. Um, so it's not just the individuals or just the owners of the company or the CEOs and helping them with joined up thinking is, is a large part of what coach and mentor can do. So yeah. I'll give you an example. I will work with a, a business owner or a CEO, mentoring them, looking at different ways of thinking, different ways of approaching things, solving issues. But then I'll be asked to coach the, the management team. So then I work with them individuals to help them just break through different issues and problems and, and work through their, their particular sectors. But that gives me an overarching view of the business and issues behind the scenes. I can then feed back with the knowledge and full authority of people I'm working with back to the owner or the CEO to give them areas where they should be focusing their business and putting resource or where more support is needed. So yeah. kind of almost like a, a another resource within the organization capturing all of the problems and issues and helping bring solutions. So they're all kind of then deployed at a senior level rather than just one person at a time. So it moves a lot quicker. Um, that's also, what I do a lot of team building and stuff like that and work on emotional intelligence, which we've, we've, we've talked about. So yeah. making people aware of their actions and what they're doing and how they do things and how that is affecting the people that work for them, the people on the shop floor, the people that are actually you know, running up season, getting their hands dirty. A lot of the time, 
you do see, unfortunately, senior executives sitting in their offices, not actually really getting involved and in understanding what's going on right at the grassroots of an organisation. Yeah. And by doing so, I'm missing so many opportunities for growth and development. So I work on that quite a lot. Um, and things like negotiations and conflict resolution. Um, I've, I've negotiated, not big, but sort of 20 odd million pound contracts myself. Um, and I've, I've worked with negotiation teams, which is a very different way of negotiating. So yeah. I help with that within companies and just working on authenticity, um, just genuinely just being your true self and sharing your true self with others. Strengths, weaknesses, everything in between. So they understand you and you get the lines of communication and trust working. Yeah. Trust is talked about a lot when coaching and mentoring, but it's not just trust between me and the person I'm working with. It's them building trust for those around them that lets them be their better selves and bigger selves and takes pressure off of the individual and gives them space to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just just rolling back to the, that one of my favourite words, if not my favourite word, as you would expect, authenticity. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've as an as an individual, I, I have this thing about you know in in the workplace, whether it's a boardroom or or shop floor, office, where, wherever it might be, and I think in life in general, sometimes I, I just think um, people have masks. Um, you know, yeah. they, you know, we, 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 we can have this, uh, a work mask. So whatever, whatever, you know, an individual is going through outside of work, you know, or whether they like or dislike their job, whether they like or dislike their boss, whether they've got challenges or not, whatever the scenario is, you know, many people in the work environment have a work mask on. And I, I just wish, you know, for me, the ideal scenario would be uh, a, a working world where people are able to come to the workplace as their true authentic self and you know for uh recruitment and hiring processes training and development processes onboarding uh you know the whole um you know relationship side of working with others in a business is is where you know individuals can be themselves now i'm not saying you know every individual could go and work anywhere because certain people just aren't suited to certain environments and certain um mm -hmm. disciplines and all the rest of it but i think it, it it is a bit of a shame where you know many people and i've been in this scenario myself in the past where you just know if you if you say what you really mean and generally i do and, and i've been um accosted for it many many times over my working career i will tell it as it is now some people don't like that and i usually say things for the right reasons it just doesn't mm -hmm. land well because there are other agendas going on people just don't like it um people you know are generally running for cover and I've had <laughs> numerous scenarios like that in my in my career, working for other people in the past, where I know something's wrong. Well, guess what? Jeff's good. Jeff's going to be the one in the room. It's going to out the the elephant. You know, there's there's an issue here. Why aren't we doing this? Or you know, this is just wrong. Um, whatever the situation might be, I've always been forward uh, with those sort of things. Um, uh, but then it's like, well. You know, if everybody was like that, it would be a bit chaotic. I, I, I get that. But, but the way I see it, Jeff, the way I see it about you is, is you're, you're brutally honest, but you're still kind. I like to think so. You can be, you can be, <laughs> you can be honest and you can be brutal, 
and you can be spiteful and you can be manipulative and this isn't you you personally this is yeah you absolutely can be as an individual um and you can be all sorts of honest for game playing for position for whatever but your authenticity your honesty comes from a point of actually just want to get things done the right yeah. way yeah and you do it with kindness for the right reasons you're not doing it with an agenda to try and one up and ship or to get one over on someone you're doing it to try and actually help them absolutely so there are ways of landing that message in different ways for different people but that also comes back to a lot of the work i do with executives is their understanding of how they best communicate and those within the team around them how they are best communicated to to get the best from them yeah, yeah. so yeah some people like it head to head just tell me as it is others will run a mile if you tell them a little bit too blunt on things but that's all part of sort of learning within organizations and that's that's a lot of the fun stuff to be honest because people are just like oh my god i didn't realize i do this i act this way or i do that but now you now you tell me it that's why i'm having this problem in this area that's why i've got yep. an issue where my staff retention is awful and i'm you know i'm, I'm recruiting every other week because i keep on losing people because I'm, I'm chewing them out i don't mean to yeah so, yeah interesting i love it. that for me when you start sort of looking at the psychology a little bit more and, and what makes people tick that's a whole different part of this for me and that's also really really interesting i love yeah. people i love understanding people i love working out how people work absolutely it's a it's a it's such a big area of every business isn't it people you know if you if you don't get your people uh strategy your culture and your you know your working environment right in terms of relationships and communication uh you can forget your best products and your uh <laughs> your huge market share because you're going to be spending all your profits on uh <laughs> on on rehiring and uh you know putting out fires most of the time we, we were talking earlier on about meetings weren't we back-to-back -back meetings and um you know maybe have a 45 minute meeting instead of an hour you know it's it's all about that you know cut it it's a little bit like lean isn't it but lean manufacturing you know mm. cut out cut out the waste you know so uh yeah it all it all channels into the same uh the the, the same scenario for me um so the next the next thing i was going to going to ask you john um this is it's it's about the mix of of, of technical expertise and leadership so um in manufacturing, you know, leadership roles, yeah, you've you've got to, yeah, emotional intelligence is important. You've got to have that commercial awareness. You've got to have the the people skills. Um, but with a lot of businesses I've I've recruited for in the past, you know, some some organisations will put, uh, in in my opinion, too much of an emphasis either on the technical knowledge background and elements of a managerial or or executive role. And others will put too much of an emphasis purely on the leadership style. Um, and, you know, is this person going to be a good fit for the business? And I want to take your, I'm going a little bit off, off kilter on this, but it, it's all, it's all part of the same where I'm going with this, but uh, Simon Sinek and, and others have, have, have been on numerous, uh, you know, YouTube and LinkedIn posts so over the years Um with that old chestnut, you know, hire for attitude and not for for ability or skills. Now, for me, and people would either love me or hate me from what I'm about to say, but I am absolutely convinced that that is uh, not the right sort of phrase because it doesn't work in every... You can't apply that to everything. 
Um, yes, you should absolutely hire for attitude, but not at the expense of all of the ability or or skill set. You've got to have a mix. And for me, that is what proper recruitment should be about. And that's yeah. what proper hiring criteria should be about. If 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 businesses just hired on attitude, uh, they would probably need uh Jeff Bezos or or Elon Musk's training budget because you 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 know it would just be astronomical you've got to have a mix of attitude and skills but in yeah. terms of leadership how how do how do you strike or how should you strike that balance that's between, the most interesting question between expertise and, and leadership skills you know from a coach and a mentoring perspective how, how do you how do you get around that how do you how do you enable businesses to get around that well, that's, again, another another really good question. I like that. We've gone quite deep on this. So back to the original kind of question, should you hire on talent or capability? Um, yeah, that has to be a blend of the two. And, and the more technical the role is that you're employing for, the more technically capable that person should be in my mind. Yeah. 100%. So there, there is that point that you've got to have at least 80% technical capability on some roles that are just so technically challenging. You need so much qualification to be able to do it. You can't just bring someone in that's like a really nice guy or a really nice lady to do or a really nice person to do the role because that will yeah. just fall flat yeah. on the flip side if you've got people that are just technically capable but have absolutely no interpersonal skills or no capability to blend and work with others that's no good that's when it all falls over because you've got yeah. one bad apple that will rot the rest of the the basketball the basket of fruit you've got yeah. literally that situation where that individual starts burning out people around them um starts creating problems within the industry as the, the sorry the company and the industry as a whole and you start losing customers and these it's it's a domino effect if you if you work yeah. from that way around so it's you know we go back to understanding self and we go back to understanding emotional intelligence and the ability to communicate with others um going back to it you know it's a classic case of one mentor doesn't feel scenario always find a mentor who has walked in the road that you're looking to travel so if you're you have some technical roles that you need a coach or mentor for coaching any qualified coach can help but get yep. someone who has got that technical experience or knowledge or has worked in the industry that has that transferable knowledge to help that individual to kind of grow and develop would be a sort of a learning for me um you know it falls outside of the traditional coaching and mentoring um you would want a very specific mentor for a very technical role yeah if you are working with an individual and from a mentoring and coaching perspective it's really important to make sure you're working at sort of their pace and giving them those those gentle openings to change in the way they operate. So they are more inclusive within the team and they are more supportive within the team. Mm. And also to work with the rest of the management team. So we're talking at senior level here, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, working with the rest of the management team to help them understand how that person best operates as well. So you're opening up everyone's thinking at the same time. You, you can't work on just that one person. You've got to work on the whole team. If you are bringing in someone that is going to be maybe a little bit abrasive, to help them soften, to help the team sharpen. Yeah, absolutely. Can you can you talk about any cultural or, or communication challenges that that you know might typically arise when when you're coaching or mentoring senior execs from from diverse manufacturing backgrounds? Yeah, I mean, as we become more self aware and understand the different needs and different thinking, it actually kind of opens up the mind proactively to looking for when you're recruiting and promoting a more diverse blend of people within your organization so that's a that's a really yeah. strong part of coaching and mentoring different thinking different ways different approaches do the same thing the same way you're going to get the same result um so proactive using diverse coaching and mentoring within a business does break down barriers and it changes thinking 
Um, a lot of companies are proactively working within their current walls as well as when they are recruiting and bringing new people in, make sure they have got that diversity within yeah. the organisation. Yeah. They realise they're actually missing tricks by just being, there's, there's nothing worse than walking into a boardroom, and I can say this, walking into a boardroom and it's full of middle-aged white guys. Okay, what thinking are you going to get? You don't surround yourself by mirrors of yourself. You surround yourself by people that know more than you, people that think differently to you, and yep. people that bring that positive challenge. So for me, it's really important to be looking at that. So breaking in the barriers, breaking in biases, openly sharing and listening and understanding to different people's views and beliefs is right at the very core of it. Yeah. That's, there's something that I'm quite passionate about. In terms of diversity, for me, it is all about diversity of thought. You know, yeah, and you can only absolutely. get diversity of thought with a diverse selection or collection uh of of people you know from different backgrounds different bit like yourself you know you you've moved industries and um uh you know gained skills or or advanced skills you already had in different scenarios um you're not going to get that if everybody looks the same they've been to the same previous businesses they've worked they've just worked for the same sector Di diversity of thought is probably one of the most powerful things i think in business and you can only get that with um diverse talent it's as simple as that you know um and the whole you know diversity uh, the whole dei thing is it, again that's another podcast all on its own but um yeah bringing people i guess you must you must have had a lot of um scenarios where you where you've needed to i guess stakeholder management and communication is, is a big part of this but where you've had to bring together um you know in in cohesive teams or, much, you know, a board so, that's yeah. just, you know, you've got people at loggerheads, people with different agendas. I mean, that's a skill set in itself, bringing all that lot together, right? Yeah. And again, I, I always say it goes back to bringing self-awareness for a lot of these individuals and helping them with their own emotional intelligence. Because once you realise that actually you are so much stronger as a team than you are as an individual. Yeah. And, you know, when we all, when one rises, we all rise. Yeah, we're we together. You don't have one person that's going to swipe out ahead of the business because other areas will be falling over. And you can be the greatest sales guy in the world, but if manufacturing is struggling and you are creating problems, that's going to fall over and you won't be selling anymore. Yeah. So you've got to work as a team. And that for me is, is you know, building a team, once it clicks, is that understanding. But yeah. it starts about understanding self and it then is about understanding others around you and what their preferences are for communication and acting. Yeah. And I think that's that's the big thing that a lot of companies miss. And that's uh, what we offer as part of our joint venture to start off with is a Myers-Briggs and a DISC. That's understanding Absolutely. how you prefer to act and how you do act and why you have certain preferences and how you like to communicate and be communicated with. It's the reason we do it on every single part of that for every single person we work with to help create that. So we know how to work with them. They know how they work. And yep. people that we are going to be placing them with and supporting them with also have that understanding. And you know what? When you are looking at your, your management team, you should have all the different colors of the DISC. Yep. And, you know, today's not the conversation for it. You have all different colours of the spectrum in there, bringing different thinking, different approaches. Because if we're all doing it the same way, you are missing so many tricks. You are missing massive opportunities. And you are putting yourself at massive risk because yep. you are only thinking in one particular way. You are blindsided completely to someone that's maybe more risk-averse in the team that will yep. bring a different challenge to make you pull back from that, that front a little bit, stop you from making mistakes. Or maybe you need someone that's a little bit more process driven within an organization in a sales position 
Now, hang on a minute. Where does that come from? Well, that comes from potentially recruiting from within. Yes. And that is coaching internally, I find is extremely powerful. What you would do in that situation is you would have whoever is head of that particular division coaching someone from other divisions that has been spotted as top talent or has, who's shown interest to move and, and improve themselves. Yeah. Coach them into that role. They're bringing their thinking to you. You're bringing your thinking to them. And you're sharing that knowledge within the organization and you're, you're, you're growing it yourself. And at the same time, you're opening up whole coaching and mentoring within an organization, which we've talked about many times and the benefits of that and how once the silos come down, the diverse thinking is, is shared and yep. it's not a barrier and people aren't scared to voice their opinions. They're actually encouraged to, and you know what? They're encouraged to make mistakes in a positive, proactive way. If it's a learning mistake, it happens. So you're pushing yeah. yourself and your business further because you're you're thinking differently. You're being more diverse. You're being more open, and you're, you're looking for that sort of different challenge. You're not just looking for a little mini me to do the same job, which is a big recruitment mistake. A lot of people do. It I is. Love thinking. You don't have to be in exactly the same sector, exactly the same industry. There are a lot of transferable skills that can come across and bring different ways and different challenges. But as long as you need know what you need as an organisation. That's where someone like yourself brings so much extra value because you can place the right person in the right place, not just anyone that's got that on their CV. Anyone that's got an ability, that's not how it works, is it? Uh, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, one, one of my long-term bugbears has been the sort of rigidity of, of thinking of hiring organisations. You, know, you know, some companies just typically look for what the type of person they hired last time round. Well, okay, well, before you do that, let's have a look at how successful really was that person. You know, did they have any weaknesses? Everybody's got weaknesses or, or areas for development. So that's what you should be looking at, not just uh, another Dave or Julie. You should be looking at, right, what did Dave or Julie have, but then where were their gaps? So we need to look for somebody that hopefully has got those gaps um, or already bridged or somebody that can, uh, you know, with a bit of coaching, for example, uh, step up and and have the full, the full arsenal of of, of skills that's required, really. Um, so yeah, for me, it's I, well, I'm all in that. that. Very much so. When I've been recruiting, it's not looking at just how they were successful. It's it's what problems did they bring into the business? Mm. What issues did they cause that's as well? One. Yeah, because that's actually another different way. And they might be a star. They might be an absolute all singing, all dancing. They might be the the, the show boy, the show girl, the show person of the of the whole company. But actually, if they're held back other divisions or other departments or other people, yeah, they've caused yeah. other problems. They've caused other conflicts. Sales aren't everything. Sales could have probably and should have been a hell of a lot more if you've had the right person with a different mentality and different ability in that role, which is exactly where you come in. That's why you supply that different thinking, a different person, so it gives them a different result. Absolutely. Still highly skilled, still highly capable, maybe needs a little bit of training in certain areas, but actually surpasses other areas of the business. They just didn't realize they needed that in there. So, yeah, yeah. again, why we work so well together is that mindset of you know, doing it right and doing it differently to get better results. Absolutely. Okay, so that wraps up today's uh, episode of Insights for Manufacturing Leadership. Uh, hope you've enjoyed our discussion. Thanks again to John. Thank yeah, you for pleasure. listening. And look out for the next episode of Insights for Manufacturing. See you next time and bye-bye.